Daniel chapter 1, beginning in verse 5. Remember, we're studying this book to understand the life of a young teenage boy who was willing to stand up for what he believed. We want to gain insight into his life as an encouragement for us to take a stand for what's truth, not for our opinion, not to be accepted by the culture, but to be accepted by God and to be a light in a dark world. Now, Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, the greatest king ever at that time, has captured the two tribes of Judah that were living in Jerusalem. He's brought them back to Babylon, and he desires the finest young men, the most intelligent, the most apt, to come and live in the palace, and he will develop them to be a part of the Babylonian culture. David is one of those that he brings into the, into the palace. In verse 5, the king appoints them a daily provision of his meat and the wine he drank. He's going to nourish them for three years that they might stand before the king. Now, there were children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Now, those are not names that are familiar, but those names were changed to Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. You know those because somebody wrote a song about them. So that's these three. These are their Hebrew names. Now, the prince of the eunuchs gave them names, and that's what he called them, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine he drank. Now, what do we learn from that verse? He purposed in his heart beforehand that he would not defile himself with food he was forbidden to eat. My husband, being a dentist, went two years to med school and then switched off into dental school. And so he had the same preparation that a physician has when he switches off into medical school. And he studied the dietary laws in the book of Leviticus. And because of his knowledge of the human body, Sam realized that in the biblical times, they didn't have a hospital or a pharmacy or a doctor. And so God designed a diet for the people to keep them healthy. And I remember Sam always saying, if we would just pay attention to the dietary rules that God gave, we would have better health. We eat such poor, nutritious foods, fast foods and junk food. No wonder we gain weight and we're sick. And so Daniel had grown up knowing the dietary rules that God laid on them, not man. And he purposed in his heart. You and I, at this point in time, need to purpose in our heart that we will obey God under any circumstance. We will not yield to the culture, 
nor give in to what we know is wrong. So he'd already made up his mind. Now, verse 9, God brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. Now, how about that? You see, God knows everything before it happens. He sees everything, and he always goes before us. And just that I told, as I told you in the last episode that I was so driven to finish my episodes on parenting that I, I couldn't stop. It was like there was a force leading me to do that. Little did I know that two days later, I would have a freak accident, be in bed for two and a half weeks and unable to move or talk. God goes before us. And in this verse, we see that God had gone before Daniel, brought him in favor and tender love with the head of the eunuchs, the prince of the eunuchs. Now, Daniel didn't do that. God did it. And he brought him in favor with the guy who was to carry out the orders of the king. And then the prince of the eunuchs said unto Daniel, which is true, I fear my lord the king. He has appointed me your meat and your drink. Why should he see your faces worse liking than the children which are of your sort? Then you will make me in danger, my head to the king. You're putting me in danger, Daniel. What if after these three years are up, you look weak and pitiful and everybody else is looking so great? Then I'll get my head chopped off. And then look at what Daniel said. Daniel said to the prince of the eunuch that was set over Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, prove thy servants. Give us ten days. Give us pulse to eat and water to drink. Pulse is a grain. Give us grain and water. Try it out for ten days and see what happened. And at the end of the ten days, their countenances appeared fairer and fatter in flesh than all the children which did eat the portion of the king's meat. Thus the prince of the eunuch took away the portions of their meat and the wine that they should drink and gave them pulse. He proved, Daniel proved to the prince of the eunuchs that this is God's plan for us and it works by their countenance. And as for these four children, God gave them knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. You see, God blessed him. And because they were obedient, God rewarded them with great understanding of truth. And it's just amazing When we obey God, He just reveals things to us. He just shows us things that we would not see otherwise because He is the Spirit of truth, and that Spirit lives within us. And our disobedience breaks our fellowship with God, not our relationship. Now, at the end of the days that the king had said he would bring them in, the prince of the eunuch brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. So here's the proof of the pudding. And by the way, before we move on, the first six chapters of Daniel are history. They're 
we can look back in history and see it all happened. It was pre-prophesied. But now we have the privilege of looking back and seeing Nebuchadnezzar lived. Nebuchadnezzar conquered Israel. Nebuchadnezzar ruled Babylon. And then the king communed with them, and among them all was found none like Daniel. And I'm going to call them their other names, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They stood before the king in all matters of wisdom and understanding that the king inquired of them. He even found them ten times better than all the magicians and the astrologers that were in all his realm. And Daniel continued even unto the first year of King Cyrus. Daniel continued to be favored by the king until his time was over and Cyrus took over. Now the last six chapters contain visions and dreams that Daniel had. And those visions and dreams, he saw the future. And we'll find that Nebuchadnezzar dreamed these dreams, but he couldn't understand them. And when he threatened to kill all the magicians that were supposed to interpret them, Daniel came along and interpreted them for him. Now, in chapter 2, the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, he'd only been king two years. He dreamed dreams when his spirit was troubled and his sleep broke from him. So here we go. Nebuchadnezzar has a dream, and he's very troubled over it. So he called in all the magicians and the astrologers and the sorcerers and the Chaldeans to show the king his dreams. They came and stood before the king. Now, look what the king said. An impossible, ridiculous thing. The king said, I've dreamed a dream, and my spirit is troubled to know the dream. Then the Chaldeans said to the king, Live forever, O king. Tell us your dream, and we'll interpret it for you. Look at Nebuchadnezzar's answer. He said, this thing is gone from me. I can't remember it. Have you ever dreamed a dream and you woke up and you know you were troubled about it, but you think, what was that all about? Well, that happened to him. And he said, I can't remember. But if, what is if? Conditional If you're not going to make known unto me the dream and the interpretation, I'm going to cut you up in pieces and make your houses a dunghill. How absurd. Can you imagine? Nebuchadnezzar dreamed it. He expected the impossible out of those people around him, the magicians and the sorcerers. Then, verse 6, but conjunction of contrast. If you show me the dream and interpret it, you will receive from me gifts and rewards and great honor. So show me the dream and interpret it for me. What a spot to be in. These people are going to be chopped up in little pieces. Who in the world 
can tell you what you dreamed and tell you what it means. And then they answered, the sorcerers and the magicians. They said, I know of certainty that you would gain the time because you see the thing is gone from me. But if you will not make known unto me this dream, there is but one decree for you. You have prepared lying and corrupt words to speak before me. In other words, they had been telling him that they, they were magicians and sorcerers and they could do miraculous things. Till the time be changed, tell me the dream and I'll know that you can show me the interpretation. You've been telling me all along what you can do. Now do it. Be careful what you tell people you can do. They might hold you to it. Then the Chaldeans answered the king and said, There's not a man on this earth that can show you this matter. Therefore, there's no king, lord, ruler that has ever asked such a thing of a magician or astrologer of Chaldean. That's the truth. Nobody ever asked anybody to do this. And then what happened? The king was anxious and furious and commanded to destroy all the wise men in Babylon. Now, is that not a picture of somebody that didn't get their way? Remember, over and over and over, I've reminded you that the most important moment in your life is when things don't go your way, and how you respond to that. You have to learn to pay attention to your response. Here we see the heart of King Nebuchadnezzar. He was a furious, commanding, selfish ruler. And the decree went forth that all the wise men should be slain, and they sought Daniel and his fellows to be slain. Daniel and his three friends had proven to be the wisest, most understanding people Remember? And now, because of what God has given them, their life is threatened. So we'll conclude our study here with the first trial of Daniel and his predicament. God bless you. Thank you for listening. Share with others and purpose in your heart now at this moment in time that you will stand for what you know to be truth and be obedient to the commands that God has given us in his word. God bless you.